I'm Kyle Dyer, and welcome to Colorado Inside Out on this December the 9th, 2022. Two areas of Colorado business are getting a lot of attention this week. First up, anyone who sells CU gear. Stores that sell Buffs merchandise are getting ready to make a lot of money now that Deion Sanders is the new head football coach, and orders for season tickets are pouring in. And here's to all those sports bars and restaurants that will show CU games next season. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, finally. Another Colorado business story that is making national headlines has to do with 303 Creatives, a marketing and website company based in Littleton. Its owner, Lori Smith, refused to build a website for a same-sex engaged couple because of her religious beliefs. Smith says she is allowed to do so under her right to free speech, granted by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Before I go too much further, let me introduce you to this week's panel. We have Patty Calhoun, founder and editor of Westward. Ed C. Lever, reporter with the Denver Business Journal. We also have Frank Bonanno, chef and owner of Bonanno Concepts, which has created and built restaurants and bars throughout the Denver area, including the Denver Milk Market. And Erica Ryder founded Hope Tank, the store with gifts that give back. Erica's focus is on galvanizing other small businesses so they can succeed in what can be a very challenging course. Patty, the 303 creative case was brought before the Supreme Court on Monday. This is the second time that a Colorado business has gone before the high court for denying to provide based on religious beliefs. Well, first of all, to tie your two businesses together, I wish that CU alum Wizard White was still on the Supreme Court because from early indications, this way may not go the way some of us would like to see it. When Jack Phillips with Masterpiece Bakery, he actually refused to make a cake for a same-sex couple. In this case with Lori Smith at 303 Creative, she hasn't refused anybody anything. No one has asked, asked her. So this is a weirdly hypothetical issue where she says, because of her religious beliefs, it would violate her free speech to have to set up a wedding a wedding site web, website for a same-sex couple. Not that any same-sex couple has ever asked her. So the irony of the Supreme Court hearing this hypothetical case, the week that the House finally votes on the Defense of Marriage Act, and we see the affirmation of same-sex marriages, is really disheartening. And you would think by now we are to the point where. Frank couldn't refuse to make a pizza for a same-sex couple. You would hope we could be at the point where same-sex marriage is respected the same way any marriage is. And this denying uh, case is not just here. There was a case a couple weeks ago in Richmond, Virginia, where a restaurant called uh, a group, um, a Christian advocacy group, and said, uh, your table won't be available for you tonight. Th this, may, this seems to be a repetitive thing. Well, actually, what we need, and, and it's an interesting example you bring up there, is we need the Supreme Court to define what is allowed and what isn't. Let's remember the last time when Jack Phillips went beside this, before the Supreme Court, the court didn't say this is right or this is wrong. Their admonition was basically the Colorado Civil Rights Commission is a bunch of jerks and you need to treat this guy better. Uh, this is actually a chance for them to not punt the decision on this. And if you're, I'm not a lawyer, I guess I'm being asked to play one on TV today, but if you're reading the tea leaves in the coverage so far, it seems like they're ready to carve out a narrow exemption, saying that people who, who, for example, are asked to do this for a specific client can can 
weigh in with their religious beliefs. So, for example, Frank, since he's sitting next to me here, uh, probably could not deny anyone a table based on their religious beliefs, their same-sex couple status, anything like that. But if he was asked to, say, cater a, uh, an event for you know, Christians against vaccines, he could come in and say, that's against what I believe. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. It's going to be real interesting to see how the court parses this out uh, and, and what, uh, what the outcome of this is going to be. I will just say this. Based on covering the business community, I don't think the outcome is going to be huge. I don't think a lot of businesses are going to change their practices because of this. And the ones that do are ones that are going to have to take into account, well, is this going to hurt my brand? Am, am I going to lose more customers than just this particular couple if I decide to do this? So I think this is going to be a big statement for the Supreme Court. I don't think the impact is going to be as big as some people think. You're talking about the brand. Frank, in your business, word of mouth is everything. Brand is everything, yes. Um, for us, I mean, I, you make difficult decisions, and for us, it's, it's this is lunacy to me, <laughs> quite honestly. And you know, I think you your ultimate goal is to create for people and make them happy, and to satisfy your customers, and not to judge who your customers are. I, I, I think that's really what it comes down to. And for us, we we try and be as open minded and you know, caring for our guests as we possibly can. Yeah. And Erica at Hope Tank, you guys go out of your way to find all sorts of different kinds of people, you know, backgrounds, cultures to contribute to what you provide. Yeah, I mean, I think like most issues, I would say first and foremost, folks should go research these things. Uh, I think that there are a lot more things at stake than just this issue. I think Basically, a, a business will vote with their feet, with their signage, with their marketing, their messaging. So when we had our space, uh, we had a very deliberate signage about welcoming everyone. And what that meant is that was everyone, everyone. So I invited difficult conversations. We have a lot of conversations at Hope Tank that are not typical of a retail environment, and that's intentional. So there were people who would come in specifically because of the signage that we had, and then we could have that conversation. Um, for me personally, it has done nothing but benefit my business. Um, being in collaboration and being open with everybody, it's, it's the way that I choose to, to run business. Okay. Let's talk about business so far this holiday season. There is a lot of talk every November about Shop Local, right, on Small Business Saturday. And then it escapes a lot of people's minds. Ed, what are you hearing from some shop owners? I know that you know some people say things are really slow. Some people say, oh, people are spending despite inflation. What are you hearing? You know, you're hearing it's a mixed bag right now. And we don't have the local numbers yet. The national numbers are showing anything from a 2% Black Friday gain for electronic stores to 23% on Black Friday gain for, for restaurants. Um, but again, that's just a broad picture. I, I think a lot of it is about what the neighborhood says, who is around you. I think one thing that, that people need to remember uh, uh, is that right now, I think you could be seeing a lot of people spending. This is still pent-up demand from, from two years of not being able to get out and shop and, and go around uh, whatnot. But a recent report that uh, CU Leeds Business School gave showed that we are now at the second lowest level of personal savings in the history, in a 64-year history of taking that number in the country. I think that spending is going to dry up early in the year, uh, next year. So I think as, as people consider not whether or not people are going out to shop, it's, it's not a question of just how are things going right now. It's 
it's going to be, how, how are businesses preparing for what will be an eventual slowdown next year? And it, restaurants, this is your busy time already, January and February slow times for most restaurants, Frank. Correct. So this is the time of the year, November, December. It feels like the Christmas season has shrunk a little bit. It used to start in November. You'd start seeing your Christmas parties coming in in November, early December. Now it's really like a three-week sprint for your parties and your business to grow. Our, our concern is always, and I sit with our budget people all the time, January, February are very slow months, and people go out and celebrate now, and that's the time that's the most difficult for restaurants, and I would assume retail, is those months after Christmas. So you're really trying to maximize what you can do now and then conserve and be able to not have to do layoffs and, and, and prepare for it. And that, that's the hardest thing in our business is preparing and balancing a budget that works for us to get through until spring. Mm -hmm. And Erica, this is your first year in 10 years to not have your storefront along South Broadway. You've moved. You had to because of high rent. You're in a new spot in Whittier, you know, shorter hours. How are things going for you and for Hope Tank? Um, it has been a very humbling experience. I would say um, it's been very important to me to recognize that we're only surviving because I've been in business 10 years. Were I a new retail space to come into a neighborhood, I would have been dead in the water, um, quite frankly. Um, it just, it takes time to build up that recognition for folks to know. They have to walk by you 10 times before they actually come in. Um, so I, I would say, you know, what I'm more concerned about is all of the small businesses that I'm talking to who are way down. Um, that includes the markets. There are so many markets for people to choose from. And folks are typically going and doing it as an activity to spend time, to kill time with their kids, to go drink, to do other things. They're not necessarily spending. Um, we're just not seeing that. The other thing I would say is most of us, myself included, we're now feeling the pain of what we had to do for COVID. So we kind of had a bump after in spending and now we're having to recover with a ton of debt. So I think that's a component that people aren't really talking about. All right, Patty, at Westward, you all are constantly updating people on what they can do every week, where they can go, where they can spend their money, spend their time, because you all realize that small business is so vital for our greater community to thrive. Well, yes, we've typed the word market, I think about 400 times, and Erica's right. It's wonderful that there are so many local markets helping local crafters, local, local makers, but if you don't go spend a lot there, they're not gonna make it. This is their big season, and what you see is a habit so many people really picked up during the pandemic, and it was already trending, is online shopping, which is so easy, people got in the habit, and if they don't go out, they are not helping their local stores. It might cost you a little more, you'll get something unique, but you have to go out to the entertainments, go out and eat food at a locally owned restaurant, go out and shop local, or they're not gonna make it into January and February. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to ask each of you for your take to on the future of locally owned retail and restaurants in Colorado, the future. This isn't beyond January and February. There is now a national influence when it comes to who owns a lot of the properties in Colorado. Frank, I'm hearing that some of the big landlords in the Denver area are not from Colorado. So that means the people who are shaping our communities 
don't really know much about our communities. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're seeing that in all of the development that's happening throughout Denver. I mean, I, all the apartment buildings going up, most of them are not even putting retail in at this point. I know the ones near us on 7th and Grant, there's very little retail. It's They're not connected to our community like it once was. I mean, I, I can tell you that our my landlords 10 years ago were all local landlords and they're just not that anymore. They're from California, New York, or North Carolina. They're just not in touch with what's going on and they're run by management companies that are massive management companies that don't see the, the people that are doing the job and don't care what your sales are. They're only looking at it from a spreadsheet as to am I hitting my number? on this business and is there someone that can replace them because I don't care what it is. And, and that's kind of what it feels like. It's, it's maybe not just my opinion, but it's, it's something that I think is real and that's happening. Erica, it seems like you have the exception. You found some great <laughs> landlords in Whittier. Yes. Um, so one of the reasons we had to leave Baker was because we had someone who bought the building um, who raised the rent and I just could not cut it. I just, there was no way I could justify with, especially with our giving back, my priority is really how are we maximizing our impact. And so if I'm doing that at, at a cost, it really isn't effective. Um, so yeah, and, and who did I find that space through was another small business owner. So I think the other part of this is that like there is still a community that's really looking out for each other. Um, I would not have found that space. There are like a handful of spaces, we've all looked at them. Everybody who's looking for a space has seen the same spaces. So it was very lucky. Um, and I know for a fact I got that space because of people who know me, who recommended to this. It's, a, it's an older couple who lives in the neighborhood, who is very invested in what goes in there. I would also caution that like us leaving has a significant impact on even the people who live in the building. So we knew our neighbors upstairs. I was checking on people. Um, we had somebody who was going through cancer treatment and I was able to help like get them connected to some resources. So I think we forget too, the, the ripple effects of that are also about the health and wellness of the community and knowing who's around. So when a business leaves, it's not just one business storefront going away. There's a lot of other yes. people in effect. Okay. Um, the cost of living is no doubt an issue when it comes to extra income going out, but the building continues, and people are moving here to Colorado in droves, and not just Denver, other areas of our state as well. Patty, one might think that there are more consumers who are spending more in Colorado, but maybe are there too many options? Well, there are not actually that many people moving into Denver, it sounds like it, but people are moving out too, so the growth isn't as astronomical as people think it is. What is huge is the number of people who are moving into those monolithic apartment buildings that Frank mentions that don't have retail anywhere, or they're moving into, or they bought their second homes, let's say, in the mountains, in the resort areas where they're upping the prices, which makes it harder for locals to afford rent, and that means they can't afford other things. But still, what really makes what makes people like Denver is the it's not just the beautiful setting, but it's the local people and the local entrepreneurs, like the people at this table who have created uh, a community in business, in restaurants. And that's what I think everyone is still looking for. But if you don't get out and spend your money, it's going to be a problem. 
when Frank was talking about landlords from out of state, you look at Larimer Square, where one of Frank's restaurants is, and that's now owned by a North Carolina outfit, and there are almost no retail stores. They're revamping it. Let's hope they bring back in locals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the people moving here might have second homes. Who are they, Ed, and who, what, where are they spending? Well, there's two ways to look at community. Uh, one is not just who's moving here, and, and that's something we're trying to get a hand on. You know, who is it that's moving in? A lot of people moved in from the coasts, frankly. They moved out of more crowded areas because they saw Colorado was less crowded and, and as much as this makes people gasp, less expensive than the places that they were coming from. Uh, you have to remember, those folks don't have the local loyalty yet. They're not moving in here and saying, oh, where's my local restaurant right away? In fact, it's not just those folks. I, I, I was at an interesting talk uh, Bart Watson, the chief economist for the Brewers Association, gave not too long ago, uh, where he said the younger generations who are raised on computer shopping and computer food ordering are less loyal to local than any generation before them. The, uh, the, the rush to preserve local that we saw mm. during the Great Recession uh, from, say, Gen X and millennials isn't there in Gen Z at this point. And so I think that, that plays a role in people not necessarily looking to the local shops, but getting online, ordering this, getting online, ordering my food. Hey, I don't have to leave that. Um, but the other part I will mention with that is community is not just where you live, it's where you work too. And we are still at 56% uh, return of folks from pre-pandemic times who are working downtown in Denver. And unless we start to see more people come back, and, and I'm not blaming the people who aren't working downtown, there is clearly public safety issues that the Downtown Denver Partnership and that Mayor Hancock are working to address at this point. Um, but unless we see that coming back, that's going to stunt the community too. You, you, can't, you can't have people just bunkering up in their house and expecting them to support the businesses around them. They've got to be out and about every day and that's going to be key, too, to local businesses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are some attempts to jumpstart local communities, and when, when one attempt fizzles, there's another suggested. The city of Denver is currently taking applications for the Business Facade Improvement Program, which is offering financial support to small businesses to improve their storefronts. Erica, the city will contribute at least 10% of a project's total budget, and applications close by the 21st of this month. So I actually recommended this to my landlords. They attended the Zoom and she said, well, this is not for us um, because the way they've structured it, I was initially aggravated because I didn't know who did they talk to to decide this was how we wanted the money to be spent. Um, most of us would say it's inside our spaces, not on the outside, because all that's going to do is increase the value and jack up our rent. So I, I would like to know where they came up with the data on that. However, I would say now knowing that, that it's a challenge to even navigate the process, so for example, I would have to apply on behalf of my landlord, but we're in a little strip, so there's five businesses. So they, I, only I could apply, and then the landlord has to accept like a five-year lease, and it was a whole production, and so it wouldn't work. So I guess my question is, again, who is this for? What is the goal? The language in it was a little bit offensive to me um, because it was clearly meant for very specific people who have an investment in a particular building. Hmm. Okay, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Patty, the financial support is out there when, again, consumers are reminded that, hey, it's time to help out with local businesses on Small Buses Saturday, or we just had Colorado Gives Day on Tuesday, and people gave. People gave a lot of money, but what they have to remember is 
it's not, that was for nonprofits. And many of the local businesses are not nonprofit officially, although they might feel very nonprofit at the moment. So you have to go out and just keep spending the money, and then the money will keep moving around. But all the government programs that came through in COVID, a lot of those weren't so easy to apply for. And the programs that are out there now, like the one Erica cited, they're not so easy to deal with either. To apply for grants, to apply for so many of those programs, takes you more time than you have when you're trying to run your business. So, and Erica wrote a really wonderful piece for us this week about donating in, for causes. But if you've got a huge overhead, or even any overhead on that, or time that is lagged when you're trying to help people, you should go do something direct, which is buy, buy in the case of trying to help a small business, or give a gift card in the case of trying to help someone going through a crisis. Mutual aid is yeah. what you wrote about. Yeah, that was good. Um, and one huge, huge retail company that is based in Denver that moved its corporation headquarters to Denver announced a big shift this week. Yeah, I think people may not think about local business and what's happening in the world and giant brands like Vans and North Face in the same sentence normally, but that's exactly what is happening here. The uh, VF Corporation, headquartered here in Denver, 1,000 employees in a downtown building, uh, the parted ways with their CEO after what's been a pretty rough year. And, and people may say, well, how do I support local business? Well, you know, here's how the ripples go through the economy, is VF has invested a lot in growing in China in the last couple of years. That market has slowed to a crawl at this point because of the restrictions in China. Uh, they are feeling that. VF's biggest brand is Vans. You may remember them. You probably wore them as a kid. Um, but uh, but they are not hot anymore. I and didn't because know that. of that, <laughs> we are now starting to see that ripple through all of their companies. Some of VF's locally headquartered companies, the North Face and Ultra Running Shoes, they are doing very well. But because of the problems they are seeing with some of their other brands, Vans, Dickies, uh, they've had to lay off uh, about 600 people worldwide in offices happened earlier this year uh, and finally after a third time in three months that the company said look our earnings are not going to be what we forecast them to be uh, they parted ways with their CEO as well so you may not think of VF as local business there are a thousand people locally who do depend on that and the ripples of the world are playing in on what's happening at that company. right and those people who work there could go to a Frank restaurant or to Hope Tank so it all is very connected um, Trying to look for some glimmer. Um, Frank, there was a report out this week. The um, Deloitte has a holiday shopping forecast every year. And they said there's one thing that's, that's sure in with their survey is that despite household finances, the weakest level in a decade, American consumers are not giving up when it comes to prioritizing the opportunity to be together with people and socializing. Are you seeing that in your restaurants? We are seeing it in our restaurants. And I think it goes back to what we've kind of talked about locally. I've, I've seen... My, my smaller, older restaurants doing the best they've done in, in years, right? Because we're a neighborhood, we, we're, we're just seeing those kinds of gatherings, people and friends getting together. Um, and and that's really, that's really warms our heart to see those businesses that have been around for forever. It was like you were saying, you can't be, a brand new restaurant is very difficult to start, right? All businesses are difficult to start. That first year is brutal. But when you have, we have these restaurants that are older that are still capturing people because they're coming back. It's nostalgic. It's warm. It's friendly. It's inviting. You know it. And we're seeing that. And that, that's something that's great. But what we are not seeing is lunch business downtown. We're not seeing those luncheons with people from the offices getting together. And that's truly the thing that is killing, not killing, but 
hurting our businesses dramatically is that there isn't that, that income coming in from the lunch crowd mm -hmm. because there's no one down there. And, and that's the hardest thing. But, you know, I do feel that there's groups of people coming in to have fun and celebrate and really enjoy going out. It's the best way to treat yourself, mm -hmm. quite honestly. Go out and let someone take care of you. I'm with you. I need one of those nights. <laughs> All right, now let's uh, kick off our lightning round with our panelists talking about the good and the bad that transpired during the week. Patty, let's start with you. You might say, what is, who is deserving of the coal in the stocking this week? Denver is a wonderful place to come to when you want to, but for the refugees who were just shoveled here in a bus, it's still very unknown exactly what happened this week. A lump of coal to whoever did that to them when Denver wasn't ready to receive them. China and Iran. There has been so much attention faced on China's loosening its COVID policies this week that it overshadows the fact they are still cracking down on protests. And when things are happening there, they are flooding the internet with crap so that we don't actually see what is happening in their countries. And that has uh, taken our vision off of what's happening in Iran, that they are still cracking down on people too. This is kind of a call. Do not let these countries off the hook just because of one small change in COVID restrictions. Mm -hmm. I guess my call in the stocking would be for people that are just so negative all the time. I think we just need some more positivity and more happiness out there and some landlords that are willing to understand what our businesses are that, and, and what we're providing to the people in the community and not just see us as a replaceable widget. Mm. That, that's my call. You're not replaceable. <laughs> no, you're not. And not this table. Erica. Um, I would say, you know, in that same vein of like people complaining and uh, making these posts about how sad these businesses closing is. And, and I say, well, when's the last time you went? And they'll say like two years. I don't know. And so it's it's uh, for me, it's much more about uh, not small business Saturday, but the 365 other days, 364 other days out of the year um, where you could be. Uh, really having fun in your own community. Mm -hmm. Being more proactive, active participant, yeah. All right, what is happening that is super, that is makes you a bit more merry? Well, back to typing all those listings. Get up and get out. Go see Civic Center. Go see Union Station, Denver Botanic Gardens, Denver Zoo, and then go eat at a local restaurant. Stay out, out in the town. Mm -hmm. At a time when we so often judge things by wins and losses, I just want to give a shout-out to the U.S. men's soccer team who didn't win the World Cup, <laughs> but who did improve a lot and who inspired a lot of people, like my eight-year-old son. Good. <laughs> and I, I would have to ditto what Patty said, is I think it's just about going out and enjoying what our city has to offer. I mean, there's a reason I think all of us have lived here for so long, and it is that this is a beautiful city with beautiful businesses and great business owners, and there's so much opportunity. We have a great theater program. We had a great theater year, actually, this year. So I think just take advantage of it and, and go out and support people and be kind. And be kind, yes. Um, for me, a very personal uh, week uh, following the tragedy at Club Q. Um, it is 
as always, small businesses who have showed up. Um, we are doing a collection for the kids uh, whose parents were impacted um, so that they don't have to worry about Christmas because contrary to some of the press, uh, folks are not getting money. The funds are not getting to people. And so we want to make sure that they are having a Christmas that they don't have to worry about. And the small businesses have shown up um, with donations, with gift cards. It's incredible and we just need more. And I would like to share something as well. A big congratulations this week to my good friend and former partner at Nine News, Gary Shapiro, who has retired after decades at the station and many more decades in the field of journalism. You're an amazing writer, communicator, and friend. Congrats, Gary. Thank you all for sharing your time this week. We'd love to hear from the audience as well. We welcome your thoughts on our social media pages, or you can email us at cio at pbs12.org. And one more reminder, you can catch the show anytime on YouTube or pbs12.org and share it with your friends. I'm Kyle Dyer. Thanks for watching Colorado Inside Out. We'll see you next Friday right here on PBS 12.